We have a lot of fun. We have a free education system, free recreation centers, both for adults and children. Uh, nobody locked the doors, the houses or flats. Uh, it was very peaceful uh, life. This is Cold War Conversations. If you're new here, you've come to the right place to listen to first-hand Cold War history accounts. Do make sure you follow us in your podcast app or join our emailing list at coldwarconversations.com. Alexander Sasha Goncharov was born in Leningrad, but early in his life moved to the Ukraine. After leaving school, he was drafted into the Soviet military and was based in Sevastopol, where he worked in naval aviation servicing anti-ship weapon systems. At the end of this period, he decided to stay in the military and make it a full-time career. Alexander was sent to Moscow, where he trained as a full-time linguist and was posted to Syria and Libya, facilitating interactions between local forces and their Soviet advisers. Now, if this podcast was a magazine, you wouldn't mind paying a few quid or dollars a week. So I'm asking you to support us for the bargain price of $3 a month. In the past few days, John Newlove and Mike Hart have joined in helping to cover the show's increasing costs and keep us on the air. Plus, they've got that sought-after Cold War Conversations coaster coming their way as well. Just go to coldwarconversations.com slash donate so back to today's episode alexander left the russian military as a lieutenant colonel and is the co-organizer of an anglo-russian charity which looks to bring russians who fought in world war ii to the uk to visit thanks so much again to james for bringing lieutenant colonel alexander goncharov to our cold war conversation so today I find myself in the Union Jack Club in London on the South Bank interviewing Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Goncharov who was introduced to me by a friend who is writing a book on veterans' experience during the Second World War. But Sasha, you were born in 1965 in Leningrad. Indeed. And then you moved to Ukraine. To Ukraine, yes. To Eastern Ukraine, uh, uh town of Pavlograd. And tell me that, so you were there from one um, year old till you were 20? Yes, yes, yes indeed. And what was life like there? The life uh, was uh, very uh, peaceful, very exciting, very interesting in all terms. And especially in uh, the Soviet times, uh, as you probably know or not, uh, but uh, the Soviet economy, uh, due to the uh, too much planning and uh, not many uh, outcomes from the planning, but uh, we have uh, we have shortage of uh, some basic items like a particular type of food or particular type of clothing. Uh, in comparison with other parts of the USSR, uh, Dnipropetrovsk province was well run, was well managed, due to the fact that uh, the Soviet leader Leonid Brezhnev was uh, originally from Dnipropetrovsk. So that is why the supply uh, of uh, this province, uh, as well as uh, key uh, cities, Moscow and Dnipropetrovsk, uh, 
was provided on a first-class basis. Even this first-class basis still uh, uh, allowed to have uh, some shortages, uh, like special type of food. Right. And so but the rest, the rest was was very peaceful. We have a lot of fun. We have a free education system, free uh, um, recreation centers, both for adults and children, uh, free sports facilities, uh, and absolutely uh, secure country. Uh, nobody uh, locked the doors, the houses or flats. Uh, it was very peaceful uh, uh, life. What did your parents do? My parents are engineers. They uh, graduated from uh, the timber industry uh, college and uh, uh, later father joined the second uh, college uh, as a civil engineer, so actually they worked in in the building industry, uh, but in particular in a field uh, uh, when uh, it was popular in Soviet times to to build uh, uh, pre-ready blocks of flats from uh, uh, already uh, casted walls. So my uh, father worked in. Uh, in a factory uh, which produced uh, uh, windows, wooden frames, windows yep. and doors. So to install in these uh, 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 blocks of flats. So actually five-store uh, buildings could be fixed uh, within uh, two months. Right, prefabricated buildings. Yeah, prefabricated buildings indeed. Okay, okay. Uh, what do you remember of your time at school in Ukraine? Uh, we have very professional, very uh, gifted uh, teachers, uh, almost in all subjects. And my favorite subjects were history, uh, math. Um, yes, it's. Uh, I paid a lot of interest to these uh, subjects and thought one day to go to uh, to become a linguist. Uh, after a university degree. So eventually uh, uh, I fulfilled my dreams and became a linguist. So you were a thousand kilometers from Moscow? Yes, yes it was. It's uh, my uh, native town Pavlograd located, yes, thousand kilometers north, uh, south Moscow. But was it still the Soviet system of education? Did you still feel that you were ideologically very close to Moscow? Uh, despite when, whenever you grow up and go ABC school in countryside or in towns or in the big cities uh, or capitals, the system was uh, well balanced and uh, uh, successfully uh, run. Uh, the government spent uh, sufficient enough resources uh, to uh, get uh, qualified uh, teachers. Uh, and manages uh, to be part of the educational system. So uh, all across the USSR, we have uh, same uh, same books. Uh, we have uh, same uh, uh, um, exit exams. Uh, 
after we had 10 years in total 10 years of education so after 10 years you should uh, actually, actually after 8 uh, years or 8 grades you should uh, pass uh, an exit exam uh, you can either stay 2 years more or go to a college to get uh, uh, high school uh, certificate as well as uh, uh, a trade certificate so people uh, from across country can choose any university across the country and uh, the if you pass entry exam so you will be enlisted you told me earlier that in 1983 you joined the military. Oh, yes, indeed. But that there was a part of your form that said that medically you shouldn't join the military, but you removed that and replaced it with a clean copy. Yes. You explain to you why you did that. Why, why did you do that? Because I thought, uh, for me, it would be much easier uh, to join uh, this... Uh, uh, batch of draftees uh, along with my uh, uh, classmates from school technically it, it, it was it wasn't possible to serve with your classmates because we have a huge country we have d d different options we have different uh, uh, drafty uh, periods uh, uh, spring and autumn so uh, but I thought it's better to go with my generation uh, which is easy then to uh, to sit somewhere in, uh, in the trenches as a dodgy soldier <laughs> and uh, of course uh, everybody was uh, uh, educated and um, brought uh, on the basis of uh, uh, sacred duty to defend your country uh, to become a, a responsible man responsible for your country, for your family, for your relatives. So, uh, in general, was the national uh, service was a good start for for your uh, for your career as a as an adult. And that desire to protect your nation goes very deep inside you and inside many. Why is that? Yes, uh, I learned uh, in, in <coughs> being at school um, uh, in history lessons and uh, reading <coughs> lots of uh, history books uh, that uh, through the centuries uh, Russia was surrounded by uh, by different uh, 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 troublemakers with noisy uh, neighbors and countries who always uh, try to invade or to raid uh, Russia and uh, so from early uh, recorded history we always uh, have uh, invaders on our lands and the last uh, uh, two most famous invaders it's uh, uh, Napoleon and his great army uh, amounted to 600,000 troops and Hitler and Wehrmacht who invaded uh, recently uh, and my my parents who lived uh, for two years uh, in the occupied uh, territories they witnessed how the life was difficult for them and when you were at school what were you told about NATO 
America, the UK, the West? What was the impression that you were given? Uh, in general uh, terms, we, we have not uh, uh, touched this uh, subject like modern policy or modern history. Uh, it's uh, not a part of uh, uh, syllabus uh, for uh, high school children. Late when I joined the academy, so this was a, a different syllabus and uh, di different uh, uh, methods and subjects. But at school, nothing to do. I remember being as a child, we uh, quite often played uh, war games, uh, divided into two groups. Uh, one was uh, Russian soldiers, the second was uh, uh, German soldiers. Okay. Or Nazi soldiers, whatever. So it was natural for us to to continue um, uh, our uh, World War II history, uh, playing these uh, games. Uh, uh. And then in '83 you joined the military. Yes. Can you take me through the early years of your military career? I was uh, selected uh, uh, at the drafty. Uh, sent uh, to to be posted to uh, the naval aviation of the Black Sea Fleet. So I joined eventually uh, Navy Air Arm uh, Torpedo Squadron uh, trained as uh, as uh, air torpedo mechanic. Uh, air torpedo was actually as a as a classic torpedo equipped with a uh, parachute at the end just to make smooth landing on water surface search in automatic mode of enemy's uh, submarine and eventually to destroy it. So this is an air-launched anti-submarine Yes, air-launched, yes. And launched from what? Uh, f uh, from uh, helicopters or uh, fixed-wing aircraft. Okay. And what was life like as a draftee in the Soviet military in the early 1980s? The service uh, was uh, well organized. We had uh, good, uh, uh, good educated officers, uh, uh, good morale and discipline. It was uh, some elements of uh, bullying which, which uh, 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 I, I, uh, as many as many uh, young uh, conscripts, um, I didn't like it because uh, uh, you you came from uh, from uh, from ordinary family with uh, being uh, surrounded by love, respect uh, of your uh, classmates, uh, family members, and now being uh, on your own. Uh, among among conscripts, uh, you uh, should do uh, something which you're not entitled to do or you don't like it to do, yes. like like uh, uh, washing washing uh, somebody's uniform, you know stuff like that. Okay. Or if you if you uh, have uh, display uh, some elements of misconduct, uh, you are entitled to to do extra extra duties like 
cleaning uh, loo or cleaning uh, you know floor yep. you know stuff like that but the black sea fleet yes at that time was a fairly impressive fleet oh yes indeed yes very impressive uh, and especially the place where you uh, where i started my service i started in uh, in Sevastopol naval base, uh, which was full of uh, glorious history, uh, uh, two um, uh, defenses of Sevastopol, one which started in uh, 1854 uh, till uh, 55, and the second which started in 1941 and uh, till uh, July 42. Uh, so eventually, almost. Uh, uh, a year every uh, single uh, defense of Sevastopol. The first was against Brits uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, their allies uh, France, uh, Turkey and Sardinian Kingdom. So after two years you decided to become an officer, is that right? Yes, because I thought uh, uh, that uh, uh, Neglecting some elements of bullying in uh, general terms, I, I liked the military system because it's a uh, well organized, uh, structured system. So, if you display uh, good results, uh, you will be promoted, uh, you will be uh, treat, treated fairly. And uh, uh, I like the system when uh, your commanders are. Uh, uh, took uh, took care of you. Uh, you provided uh, uh, 24/7 uh, uh, care, like uh, food, uh, uniform, uh, uh, accommodation. You know, it's, it's basic essential needs. But when when you have uh, uh, in one place all these elements, it makes uh, life much easier. Yes. So. Uh, so I joined. Uh, I decided uh, why not uh, to become a professional uh, uh, military. So uh, after two years of my uh, national service, I applied for for the academy and uh, passed the uh, entry exam and was selected as a cadet. So in 1985, uh, you're a cadet officer in the Soviet military. Which academy did you go to? <coughs> actually, actually. Um, I have done almost uh, almost two years, or in full year and a half, and uh, entered uh, in August uh, '84 to the uh, Defense Academy of Languages. Where is that based? Moscow, Moscow, in uh, one of the central district of Moscow, uh, full of uh, military heritage. Uh, it's probably likely. Uh, Aldershot, uh, Harrison, or, or something like that. Okay. And so you moved to Moscow. Is that your first time to Moscow in 84? Yes, I've never been uh, to Moscow before uh, because, uh, you know, living a thousand kilometers away, uh, it's for small boys, it's... Hmm. We, we, from time to time, we've been offered by our teachers and headmasters uh, to go to one uh, city, to another city, um, but uh, there was, yes, it was a few, couple trips, uh, Moscow, Leningrad, uh, um, probably because of uh, 
a lack of uh, uh, enough uh, funds in the family, I wasn't able to go okay. on, on those uh, occasions at school. So life from being a draftee in the Black Sea Fleet to being in the academy in Moscow must have been quite a big change for you. Oh yes, it was a big change, and especially uh, in any uniform. Before before joining uh, the academy, I used to wear uh, a shiny uh, black and blue uh, naval uniform, and when I came to the academy. They uh, took off uh, all my uh, naval belongings and gave me a set of uh, infantry green uniform. Okay, <laughs> changing color. Yes, changing color. And not only color, you also change uh, uh, your shoes. Uh, I in the navy we we uh, wear uh, ordinary shoes, uh, uh, while uh, in the army. Long boots. Hi, this is Rhonda in Virginia, and I support Cold War conversations because I think the work that Ian is doing is critically important. I think it's vital to record the firsthand accounts of people who lived and experienced the Cold War uh, because it illustrates history in a way that a book never can. So thank you so much for the podcast. It's my favorite podcast, and I look forward to it every week to be like Rhonda and help to preserve these incredible stories of the Cold War. As a monthly or annual supporter, you'll be able to listen ad-free, you'll become one of our community, get the sought-after Cold War Conversations drinks coaster as a thank you, and you'll bask in the warm glow of knowing that you're helping to preserve Cold War history. Just go to coldwarconversations.com slash donate to find out more. So it's a, it's a difference. So... Instead of uh, uh, socks, I was given uh, you know, a piece of a piece of material which should be wrapped around your your foot, right. uh, first of the knuckle, and then uh, uh, you squeeze uh, uh, this provisional uh, sock inside the long boot, which was actually a very efficient uh, way uh, to to protect to keep your 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 uh, foot always dry when uh, after marching or exercises when uh, you feel uh, uh, your foot is uh, wet enough you just uh, replace the uh, replace this uh, uh, piece of material and put the wet one on top while dry on on, on foot so in the academy, how much you're doing languages? Yes. How much time do you spend doing languages, and how much time do you spend doing general military activities? Should we say? Yes. Uh, uh, generally, it was uh, because we we have uh, the. I was uh, posted to Oriental Department uh, to. Uh, to Arabic languages uh, right. section, it was Arabic was first foreign language, and uh, in in a year and a half probably we were given the second language, which was uh, European. In my case, it's English, but we didn't pay much attention to European languages because uh, uh, Oriental languages they uh, uh, 
required uh, lots of concentration, lots of time and energy. So, for first three years of studying Arabic, we spent uh, <coughs> days and nights uh, just learning Arabic uh, from from elementary, from basics to the uh, um, upper intermediate level. And uh, to start uh, learning Arabic, it's uh, it's a disaster. It's a absolutely different uh, world and different culture. The the main problem for for a starter to to discover that they they don't display um, uh, uh, vowels. So you have only uh, three letters, and you can should guess. Uh, Three just three letters could be uh, could could produce uh, nine different forms. So uh, only neighboring words and phrases uh, can help you to recognize which uh, particular uh, word used in this sentence. So when you graduate from the college, yes, after three years. Where's your first posting? I'm actually I'm not, I'm not uh, graduated uh, uh, after three years. Yeah. I was entitled to to stay in the academy for five years to receive a, a full university degree uh, in uh, in languages and uh, learning languages. Uh, we focused uh, on three main subjects like uh, conversation. Uh, uh, colloquial language, yeah. policy, mass media language, and uh, uh, military uh, terminology or military subjects. So basically, uh, we covered all aspects uh, in balanced and uh, learning military uh, language. Uh, in parallel, we studied different uh, uh, services. Uh, tactics, different uh, hardwares uh, and stuff like that, So, uh, which was quite helpful when uh, after three years I was posted uh, to Libya for, for, uh, for ling linguistic uh, uh, training or probation, in other words. So eventually I became a, a an army linguist uh, attached to Libyan Navy and uh, interpreting uh, uh, lectures in um, naval uh, uh, school uh, to train uh, ranks and files for, for the Libyan Navy. What year was this? It's 87-88. Uh, How big was the Soviet military presence in Libya at this time? Um, we actually have uh, every single uh, unit starting, let's say, from from uh, from regiment and above. They have uh, a set of uh, military advisors and uh, uh, technicians who provided both. Uh, Tactical uh, advice and support, and uh, uh, technical uh, maintenance of uh, Soviet-made hardware. Uh, due to the, the fact that uh, uh, 
Libyans are uh, not keen uh, to maintain or to follow up certain procedures. So, despite the fact that uh, Russian uh, hardware was uh, very reliable, very simple uh, from one point, but very efficient from another point, still, still uh, due to the uh, ignorance uh, of uh, elementary uh, maintenance or servicing equipment, uh, from time to time, uh, this uh, uh, high-valuable, expensive pieces of uh, hardware uh, being broken, and in order to restore its capacity, uh, we should uh, uh, retain uh, military engineers uh, to fix uh, uh, small problems. Mm. Usually, it was small problems. Uh, I don't recall any any. Uh, serious uh, uh, problems. Uh, so, if something went wrong, they sent uh, uh, engineer to ABC base uh, uh, to fix it. Uh, this did was you, did you enjoy your time in Libya? The time was uh, quite difficult in terms of uh, uh, the life because uh, when we came uh, in uh, September. 87, uh, by the time Libya lived a very tough life, uh, uh, American and EU sanctions uh, uh, was uh, uh, in place and uh, they have a shortage of uh, basics, food, uh, a shortage of uh, uh, equipment, uh, 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 household uh, like equipment, uh, white goods, and stuff like that. So uh, uh, we we have uh, we received same same uh, same same supply as as ordinary Libyan citizens. We we attended same same shops and uh, to buy uh, uh, basic food uh, from the uh, shops, and they have very very few choices uh, to get so in, in, in addition to that uh, the Libya which very hot country and very dry climate and uh, Sahara desert uh, uh, always uh, uh, remind you about uh, this uh, high temperatures and uh, stuff like that so who are you preparing the Libyan military to fight? Is, is the enemy here the United States? No, actually, uh, we all our uh, military structure was focused on how to build, how to, build, how to, to develop national forces uh, to protect themselves. So we... Uh, uh, me particularly, uh, I trained uh, uh, at the Naval Center, uh, ranks and files, uh, uh, like torpedo, torpedo specialists, uh, to get uh, uh, ready torpedoes uh, deployed on uh, on torpedo boats yep. and. Uh, uh, bigger ships like destroyers 
and stuff like that. Uh, uh, in uh, general terms, uh, Libya had very small navy because of uh, five million population, and uh, they can't, they couldn't afford it to have uh, a big navy. So only a uh, couple of frigates, uh, uh, three or four diesel submarines, uh, mm. and something uh, 12, 15 uh, torpedo boats and patrol boats. So very, very small. Uh, but uh, of course, of course, uh, with uh, such uh, uh, small uh, forces, what what uh, could they do? Mm. Only. The be, uh, there was the best case scenario to defend uh, uh, themselves from uh, aggressive neighbors. They have, uh, in that period, the uh, main problem for them it was uh, the USA. Because uh, a few months before we arrived, uh, Americans bombarded uh, Tripoli and Benghazi, these uh, two big uh, cities in Libya, and they destroyed by their bombs and missiles. Gaddafi's uh, residence, uh, they killed uh, uh, one of his uh, daughters, uh, injured and killed uh, some civilians as well. So, were you there when that happened? I was, I came uh, like six, six months after this uh, accident and uh, because uh, uh, the USSR des decided to uh, to stop uh, American's policy and they deploy more uh, ships in the region, in the Mediterranean, uh, to uh, uh, put close eyes on um, American's preparations for the possible invasion. So. Uh, eventually, uh, while I was there for one year, uh, nothing serious happened. And where were you posted after Libya? I went back uh, to my academy to catch up the education uh, year, uh, to continue my final year. So, when I uh, eventually uh, was commissioned as a, as a lieutenant. Uh, I was posted in '89 uh, to Syria. Right. And what were you doing in Syria? Were you again a linguist in a training room? Yes, I I I, I became uh, a certificate uh, uh, linguist uh, officer, army translator, and uh, served in uh, uh, the Syrian uh, general staff operational uh, de department. Must have been very different from life in Moscow. You mean life in Syria? Yes. In comparison with the Libya, Moscow, Syria, Syria was something like between between uh, Libya and Moscow. Uh, very nice country with lots of history, very friendly people, good environment, uh, unique heritage, uh, uh, one of the oldest cities in the world, and. Uh, very nice weather, climate, uh, lots of uh, uh, food, uh, uh, lots of uh, fresh vegetables, fruits uh, um, produced uh, in Syria.
by Syrian hands. Were you aware at this time that the the Soviet Union was changing? Yes, uh, it was uh, the years of change, known uh, as, as so-called perestroika. Uh, uh, yes, uh, the cause of changes was uh, too rapid, uh, so it was uh, for ordinary men it was difficult to embrace the whole picture, and uh, especially when uh, you posted abroad uh, overseas, you. You have no good uh, lines of communication, you have no um, uh, regular source of information like uh, uh, TV sets, uh, only uh, occasional uh, newspaper which uh, were delivered uh, uh, with uh, sufficient delay due to the uh, uh, lack of opportunities to provide uh, uh, newspapers on a daily basis because of the flights mm. schedule. Did you feel slightly cut off then? Yes, I yes I, I think uh, many many um, feel cut off. In my case, I was probably in a better ca uh, uh, shape because I, I have uh, uh, access to uh, Syrian newspapers. Uh, uh, Occasionally, they dedicated some articles about this situation. You're in the Soviet military. How did you feel uh, when the USSR was undergoing this period of change with perestroika and glasnost and was ultimately going to end up in a very different place from where it started? Uh, being uh, away from the um, uh, motherland uh, and having uh, uh, small sources of information therefore I I've been reading uh, uh, local newspaper watching uh, local TV news and they randomly provided some coverage about what's going on in the USSR so also probably not uh, uh, first uh, first class source of information because they uh, mainly uh, covered uh, the original uh, news and uh, local news. So, uh, in generally, I I was in picture was that something going on uh, in the USSR and some changes. But uh, being away uh, uh, from the ground and uh, you you uh, didn't live. Uh, a daily life of Soviet citizens, so you you can actually embrace the whole picture. You you uh, can't uh, live uh, uh, the country's life uh, in full. Uh, so we knew that uh, this this situation is getting uh, uh, worse and worse um, uh, due to the. Economic uh, mis misconduct and uh, uh, wrong, uh, uh, both political and economic economic decisions made by Gorbachev and his uh, his uh, uh, fellows. Uh, and but being uh, being away uh, from the country, we we had uh, we lived uh, quite uh, a comfortable life. Uh, uh, 
much higher level of uh, life than uh, local Syrians and definitely uh, uh, better, better life than uh, Soviet citizens uh, because we have no problems with, uh, with the currency, we have no problems with uh, uh, purchasing provided goods or food, so everything was uh, available. We can, we can afford it, uh, everything being in Syria. How did you feel when you found out that the, the USSR as a nation state was coming to an end and something different would emerge ultimately, the Russian Federation? Uh, I, uh, frankly speaking, I, uh, I, have, not, I have not noticed uh, uh, serious changes in my life because I was abroad and I, uh, I recall when uh, there was uh, uh, a type of uh, attempt of plot uh, to uh, remove Gorbachev from the power uh, in August, uh, uh, in August uh, 89, yes, in August 89, and uh, uh, when uh, when uh, Gorbachev uh, was uh, cut off from the line of communications and he was sitting in Crimea in his uh, uh, state dacha and this group of uh, uh, party senior party members uh, uh, tried uh, to uh, to kick off Gorbachev uh, from his seat and for a few days it looks like uh, something going on is serious and many some officers thought it's 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 a good it's a good uh, uh, um, plan uh, to kick off Gorbachev uh, because uh, uh, many <coughs> by uh, the year '89 uh, many thought that uh, everything what he did it's it's just uh, uh, to destroy our country to destroy our nation. And eventually, uh, Gorbachev uh, destroyed the economy, the political system, and painted painted himself into the corner. No escape uh, for him. And un unfortunately, this uh, group of uh, uh, political leaders uh, uh, failed to deliver good results. They uh, they attempt to change the uh, political course of Gorbachev was not uh, properly properly planned and they uh, provided uh, uh, bad, uh, bad uh, uh, control, bad management, uh, uh, bad decision uh, in, short, in short period of time. So instead of being energetic and decisive they uh, lost. They lost uh, 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 those days for doing uh, nearly nothing, and uh, eventually uh, Gorbachev uh, was able uh, to to return uh, back to Moscow, uh, claiming that he he's a Victorian man. Uh, 
So, uh, un unfortunately, uh, everything uh, was uh, bad, 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 bad guys. If uh, they do it properly, uh, majority of people and special armed forces uh, definitely uh, would support uh, this plot. And how different was life in the Russian military to the Soviet military? When I, uh, I, I actually eventually was uh, uh, was redundant in Syria uh, by April uh, 92 and I was forced uh, to return back to to Russia to modern Russia uh, so I left in 89 when it was the USSR when I returned back it was uh, new Russia Russian Federation and the life was uh, absolutely different uh, in '89, uh, we we face some some economic difficulties, some uh, shortage of essential uh, uh, goods and food. And when uh, when I returned, it was a nightmare. Uh, Yeltsin and his uh, and his crooks they uh, almost uh, did the same as Gorbachev. They uh, uh, damaged the whole economy. Uh, they make the whole economy bankrupt. They created uh, uh, huge opportunities for different kind of crooks uh, who was uh, in the Yeltsin's close circle to get uh, 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 enrich themselves to steal uh, uh, national. Uh, 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 income, uh, na national, uh, get access to natural uh, resources, uh, to start uh, selling of uh, strategic materials, uh, key industries, uh, key enterprises uh, for for their uh, uh, bodies, for their crooks, uh, just for for small money. Uh, in few uh, months, uh, you discover that the whole country was uh, uh, trade, traded, uh, and 99% uh, of people received nothing from all these uh, dramatic changes. While uh, only criminals and crooks uh, uh, out of the blue became very rich and influential men. For you, in terms of daily life, yes, when you're in the academy. In Moscow in the 1980s, and you return in 1992. You say you leave one country and return to another, but it's the same place. Yes. How does daily life change for you? Daily life was awful because uh, uh, my uh, salary, uh, officer's salary, uh, shrank uh, in uh, 100 times. So, so uh, therefore, uh, more more choices of food and goods. Uh, you can get uh, from the market, but the prices uh, uh, in uh, almost on a daily basis. The inflation was like a thousand percent per year. Uh, so my salary shrinked. I I couldn't afford it uh, to buy even um, basic food for for my family. By the time I had already two, two children, two two daughters and wife. Uh, so, 
it was a disaster disaster and many people uh, lost uh, lost their jobs uh, because factories uh, being sold out uh, closed down and it was a uh, uh, real nightmare and the military in this period yes shrunk quite a bit didn't it yes yes uh, it started uh, in uh, since Gorbachev came to the power, starting from uh, uh, 86, 87, uh, he decided to pull out uh, Russian forces de deployed in uh, East European countries, uh, uh, especially from Germany, and uh, he didn't, uh, this uh, stupid man didn't negotiate uh, proper deals with uh, Germans, therefore, as uh, Germans claimed after German politicians, they be ready to invest uh, uh, 100 uh, billions of uh, Deutsche Marks into Russian economy to build up uh, housing areas, uh, barracks, uh, brand new barracks to redeploy uh, 300,000 troops, imagine this was uh, our formation in, uh, in Eastern Germany and Gorbachev uh, uh, didn't get uh, he what he got. He probably got five uh, percent from what what we actually required. He 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 was a bit a leader. He was a, a bit uh, uh, dealer maker. So eventually, uh, instead of uh, uh, continue uh, our life as a, as an officers uh, as a professional military money. Uh, officers found themselves uh, 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 nobody. The unit, uh, infantry, uh, tank unit, uh, could be taken to a godforsaken place uh, away from uh, from uh, towns, uh, infrastructure, just in the field. It's worst case scenario, and uh, of course. Uh, Many uh, officers, uh, warrant officers, were forced to leave the service uh, because of uh, lack of opportunity to stay to serve in such awful con conditions. Uh, huge inflation, uh, delayed salaries, and no accommodation at all. So many left the service, uh, returned back to the uh, native towns uh, uh, to share flats with their parents or other members of the family and this was the life so in uh, in the Soviet army every officer was entitled to, to get uh, either uh, uh, service uh, uh, apartment for free or your own apartment when you serve a few years uh, and you're entitled to get free apartment as your own apartment and the, the, this system was fu fully destroyed by uh, uh, Gorbachev and Yeltsin Earlier today I explained to you that I was very interested in the Cold War yeah. which is why we do the Cold War Conversations podcast you asked me do you think the Cold War is over? What's your answer to that question? Huh. I think uh, the uh, first stage of the Cold War uh, indeed was over. 
while the second stage uh, is uh, blossoming. Uh, if you look at the these political clashes and uh, economic sanctions uh, uh, against Russia, you think, oh, uh, where we are? Are we in uh, 2019 or are we somewhere in uh, 1950 or 60? The only, the only, the only difference is that uh, uh, you have more more experience about the past and uh, no, no, nothing uh, uh, to, to, to predict the, the, the gloomy future uh, when uh, uh, the eventually one day the Cold War would be over and to, re to be replaced by the something like the Third World War. Let's hope not. Hopefully. Sasha, thank you very much indeed for your time. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, we're very grateful. It's Thank a you. pleasure. If you'd like to learn more about the subjects covered in this episode, do visit our show notes, which will show as a link in your podcast app, or visit coldwarconversations.com. If you like what you're listening to, you can really help us by leaving reviews in Apple Podcasts, our Facebook page, or with your favorite podcast app. This really helps raise our profile and get new guests on the show. If you can't wait for the next episode, do visit our Facebook discussion group where our guests and listeners, just like you, continue the Cold War conversation. Just search for Cold War Conversations on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, at Cold War Pod, and Instagram, where we are at Cold War Conversations. Thank you very much for listening. It is really appreciated. Goodbye. Not enjoying the ads? Well, you can avoid them by going to coldwarconversations.com slash donate. By becoming a monthly or annual supporter, you'll enjoy ad-free listening, become a part of our community, receive the sought-after Cold War Conversations drinks coaster, and bask in the warm glow of knowing that you're helping to preserve Cold War history. Just go to coldwarconversations.com slash donate for more information.